And welcome to the Afternoon Dive for the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything and anything, and however you're joining us this afternoon, we're great to have you here. It's December 1st, and uh, it's been a beautiful day. Yeah. So, I'm actually really happy. I don't usually want to talk about the weather, but I actually like it when it's cold, not windy, Yeah. clear and sunny. Yep. Yeah, because then you get to stand in the sun and it's warm. You go in the shade, it's cold. So, like, being outside, it's always like, I don't know, it's just more fun to work outside mm-hmm. when it's this weather. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't do any work outside, but I thought hard about <laughs> doing work outside. I uh, actually got our Christmas tree. Yeah. So, so that's got to get decorated. We're just letting it settle right now. We actually have to get it up on the stand and everything, let it settle. So it's a little over seven and a half feet. So I do have to raise the chandelier that we Which have. Which is going to so. not be fun, but... I'm yeah. excited because we were originally going to get a fake tree because mm-hmm. we have such a big area for our tree. And the tree that we got last year was massive. And 22 feet. It was not the greatest. And I was severely allergic to it. So it was not fun to decorate. Not fun to grab, put it up, decorate, take it down, exist in the house. It was It was really not fun. But it looked great. And so, but now because we got decorations that mm-hmm. were going to be somewhat to size for that level of that, that size of a tree right. this year it's the tree's going to look a lot more full and i'm yeah. very excited and it's a very beautiful tree i was very surprised because we only and got I, it was, lows and it was hilarious because i wasn't going to help it was the only tree that i was like hey what about this one yep and, and it, was, it was the perfect tree <laughs> and that's always the way it ends up working it's yep. like eh, i'm not going to do this and then I do it and I do a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, we'll make sure once it's decorated, we actually have our own Reddit too. And so we have the uh, backslash stupid podcast. Yeah, I, oh. I got it. So um, news to me. <laughs> well, I wanted to get it before somebody else could go and grab it. So yeah, so I'll make sure that we start putting stuff up on there as well. But that'll that'll be on there for sure. So but today you're going to pretty much be taking the reins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be nice and lazy on this one. I'm I, apparently going to be just reacting more than anything else. And I'm definitely I'm down for that. So I, I know that some of these are going to going to get to you. and You're going to have some things to say as well. Oh, you're but trying we're going to gonna start. Up? We're going to start with a read it, read it. And this one is from user UT machine. And it is a unpopular opinion Hmm. and their unpopular opinion is that the standard of dress for adults in north america is way too casual they elaborate and they say the casualization of the western wardrobe has been going on for decades and i definitely am not suggesting some sort of return to 1900s and 1950s fashion where you would have to wear a suit or a long dress every day however the hyper-casual nature of post-2019 fashion is going way too far, in my opinion. I think it's a real shame that adults have regressed our standards to match those of children or teenagers. If you're 30-plus, you shouldn't be wearing the same thing as a 13-year-old. It's now commonplace for people to wear street clothes into work. I see teachers at school wearing jeans and a t-shirt, people showing up to an office in a hoodie and a distressed, and distressed denim, and wearing beanies and caps indoors. You go to a public building in the mall, library, museum, etc., and you'll find people in pajamas. I would strongly encourage anyone, especially if you're over 25 or 30, to reflect upon your wardrobe and the message you're projecting. And I strongly agree with this. And I am 21 years old. Mm, Okay. So I think that the wardrobe is... I don't know. I, I like the idea 
of dressing up for people. And I know that a lot of people don't agree with that because, oh, who are you trying to impress and blah, 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 blah. But I think that there's a level of respect that comes from what you wear. If you show up to work in, you know, sweatpants, because that's a real thing. People go mm-hmm. to work in sweatpants and, you know, shirts that are either like, first of all, way too small too. I see this, the kinds of things that I see people wearing to work in like a Walmart and things like that. It amazes me. But, you know, oh, coming you should to, see what to it work, looks like in the tech sector. In the tech sector. Like, mm. oh my gosh, go to Apple, go to Google, go to any of those places. Well, I've been but Apple, I think Google, that's Yahoo. different. I think that if you have a boring desk job, that there should not really be a dress code because you're sitting in your desk all day. You're not dealing with people. I feel like it, it really should be a based on the work and the environment because mm-hmm. if people are coming to work casually, then they're going to be more casual about their job. And if it turns into laziness then I feel like changing the dress code is going to change a lot. But Hmm. if people are coming to work in sweatpants and then they're more comfortable and they're sitting at a desk all day and they can have pillows and blankets and whatever and they are working more diligently, then it it works and I don't care. But when you're going out, like people that are working in grocery stores, yeah, they should be wearing jeans and a t-shirt and something that's covering and not being lazy about it. And even the Walmart because you're still presenting yourself to enough people every single day mm-hmm. that there's, a, there's just a level of respect. You're showing up to work, you're getting paid to be there, and you're not even showing that you care to be there. Right. The same thing for, I don't think that going to the store in pajamas is the smartest thing. I think there's exceptions. Like, you know, ho- around holidays, I don't really care as much. If it's like, Especially if it's like festive pajamas, because then I'm like, cool. <laughs> but, or if it's like Thanksgiving and somebody's yeah, like, oh crud, I, I forgot, forgot this. the so let me go run. Yeah. we talked about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> A can of yam so I can make a pie. I, I can accept that. But for in the middle of May and, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's doing anything and you're coming to the store in pajamas or you're going to work in a Verizon store and you're wearing sweatpants. Like, I hate that because mm-hmm. it's like, what what does this say about you? What does this say about your company? What does it say? Like, I automatically look at people that are wearing anything less than jeans and a t-shirt because I think jeans and a t-shirt is still a formal way to represent yourself as long as your t-shirt is, you know, appropriate because there are a lot of t-shirts that aren't. Sure. But it, it, it still gives off a better vibe than people coming in oversized t-shirts and baggy streetwear pants and you know anything that's just not i don't know that's not clean i feel like that's what it reflects it's just cleanliness of your outfit changes how i view what you're doing if you're wearing and this is you know it's again it's unpopular so i think if you're wearing Mm -hmm. very skin tight things as a woman and going into work you're that is not okay as a school teacher and i've seen a lot of people go on like that was a big thing recently that a school teacher was getting fired because she was curvy and oh she couldn't hold you know what was she gonna wear it's like there are definitely a lot of outfits (laughs) that she could have put on that would have hid a lot more than what she was trying skin tight clothing showing off an hourglass figure as a second third grade teacher i don't think that's okay (laughs) but you know, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that surround that, and I really do think that if you're going to leave the house and be around other people, you should have a level of like, there's a standard that you're supposed to meet, and where you're going and what you're doing, going to work, or you're going and running errands or anything like that, that changes what you're supposed to wear. I don't think that everyone should you know every woman should be wearing a dress, every man should be wearing a suit. Like yeah, same thing that Op said. That's that's too much, but. I still think putting yourself together to leave the house is a requirement. And a lot of people don't do that. Well, and for me, I see both sides, right? Because I started my business, um, my business as an adult, I should say, 
um, I started my company coming fresh out of college, right? And in marketing, everybody wore suits. Everybody interacted with people wearing suits. And so I had suits. I mean, I had an Emporio Armani suit. I had, you know, I had seven different suits. And hell, I still have most of my ties. And you've seen how yeah, many ties. Yeah, you do. Oh my God. You have, <laughs> I have so more ties. many ties. Oh, some yeah. of which are questionable in their color scheme and patterns. No, I love I them I would all. love They're to have great. seen what you were wearing with those ties. Because oh. I, I don't... Well, the brighter ties would always go with muted colors. And, and then there was a time where, honestly, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out and re just changed the entire dynamic of from where ties were. Um, but, I mean, I, yeah, I have so many ties. I have more ties than, you know, most people have clothes. Yep. <laughs> so, but, you know, that was just, that was, that was my thing. But I was always wearing a suit. So, with my own business, I was always wearing a suit. Um, and what I found was sometimes that wasn't relatable because a lot of the customers that were my favorite customers were, they weren't wearing suits. You know, they were landscapers. I had Chocolate Fountains of Sacramento. Um, Jim Tenney was one of my favorite people. Still one of my favorite people to this day. Never saw him in a suit. He's an old Navy guy and he'd come in and, and, and it just got to that point where wearing the suit was almost frowned upon, honestly. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about because you leave work in a suit and you go grocery shopping in a suit and people are like, oh, look at you in a suit. You think you're important. And it's That's like... so weird. I have never had that. I don't look at somebody in a suit and think... And that's oh, the generational difference, I'm sure, 100%. Because, like, there's clothes that people wear now that I just sit there and go, really? You're going to wear that <laughs> out in public? And, like, I'm not kidding. When, when you know, I, I can't say that the 80s fashions were better because there was, you know, the guys had the oh, crop top tank top. There were a lot of things that were yeah. weird. But there were a lot of things that were... Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it's coming back. That's yeah. all I can say. There's some of it is, <laughs> but but you know, now if I go to the grocery store and I go wear a suit, nobody's going to think twice, mm-hmm. right? And somebody might be like, "Oh, okay, somebody wearing a suit, right?" You know, that's yeah, like, but that's about it. And that's that's it. And then Sunday, nobody, everybody's like, "Oh, everybody's wearing a suit." But at the same time, you know, what I was saying is, you know, in the tech sector, and again, marketer. And other marketers who still meet with customers and we still meet with clients and we still meet. And because everybody, all, you know, programmers, I'm, I'm betting 70 to 80% of programmers couldn't tie a tie. So the dynamic has just changed. And for me, my dynamic changed and it went from wearing suits and I still love three-piece suits over two-piece suits, but two-piece suits were the style so my vests pretty much got to stay at home even though most of the suits i got were three-piece suits but at the in the same token i started wearing the the khakis the dockers the you know black just plain pants and just a polo shirt and that kind of thing and that became (sighs) the norm and and suits disappeared and you go to mixers and and you go to social events that we would go to and again nobody's wearing suits unless it's a gimmick you know i go to my insurance company my insurance company is just all a bunch of people and whatever they got up in this morning that was clean i mean that's that's all there is to it where used to be you go to insurance everybody's here first time we met our real estate agent here right first real estate agent i met she was in a business suit absolute business suit met her 
top, bottom. It's when I got my condo in Sacramento. Here, she was literally in jeans and a blouse. That was it. And now it's not just a Texas thing. I've noticed that all over the place. It's just kind of everywhere. So I do miss a level of dress. But I also kind of like the fact that people don't look at me and assume what I am. I don't look like a better target. Because, you know, growing up in the hood, see somebody in a suit walking through the hood, you're like, oh, <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and mug them. Their car is going to have something nice in it. But, yeah, I'm I'm not horribly opinionated in it. Well, that was an unpopular opinion either mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a nice little segue into what we're actually talking about, which is unpopular opinions. Okay. And I have four of them here. Oh, no. Or four of them? Yeah, four of them here that we can talk about. <laughs> and they are extremely controversial. So the first one that I have here... Um, minors being able to transition to another gender, get hormone changing, (laughs) hormone changing medicines and things and anything like that to physically change their body. I the unpopular opinion being that it's awful and it shouldn't exist. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll start off by saying like my opinion and yes. then you can go on so, because this is my unpopular opinion. So I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's an awful thing. I think that because they are still developing, they're still mm-hmm. coming into their own and still having like, physical developments. Their brain isn't done doing all the things that it needs to do and changing their bodies in order to be a functioning adult and trying to change that before it's so detrimental to yeah. their health. And, you know, at some point, I'm sure we'll do, like, you know, an actual, like, episode of research and stuff. But for now, it's just, it, it, it exists. It's, it's awful. Brain develops it's 23 when you're a woman, 25 when you're a man. But for most men, they're, like, their brain never fully develops. So it's okay. So, no, I think it's, I think it's a horrible, horrible thing. And people should not be doing it. I th- however, because I don't need to be pinpointed on this and say that, you know, terrible is a horrible thing. I think experimenting with how you represent yourself is perfectly okay. Wearing boys' clothes when you're a girl and girls' clothes when you're a boy. Yeah, that's stupid. You should be able to do that. Like, it's not something that should ever be up for debate. You should Mm. be able to change your clothes because clothes shouldn't really be gender-based. It's the same thing that skirts used to be for men because it was a lot more comfortable. I was like, so I just think about things like that. It's like, it doesn't really matter. It's the same thing that I've never, I never looked at pink and blue being a girl's and a boy's color. Like, it's just, they're just colors that sometimes they complement certain people better. And I've definitely looked at a guy in pink and been like, yeah, no, that's an attractive color on you. So I don't understand clothing being like an issue that being able to cut your hair short when you're a woman or grow your hair long when you're a guy. Like, I think there's a lot of things like that you can experiment with that aren't harmful to your body and development. So I, I just, I, I don't, there's nothing about giving something that's going to physically change their body that is going to do irreversible damage is okay. And it feels like it is a very popular opinion that it is okay because everywhere all the time we're always seeing everybody talk about how they did this and how it was okay and how they're going to let their child do all these things. And it's like, it's, it's, it's just, it's one thing to me to let your child dress up as a different gender, cut their hair, let them grow their hair out, put on makeup, not put on makeup, than it is to actually physically change their body because of what happens if they change their mind. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's too late. They can't go back. And so I, that's the main reason why I don't think it's okay. So that's that's my unpopular opinion. Now you can add to it or you can disagree oh, with I'm, it. Oh, I'm going to add. I'm going to start off by saying this very clear. We are stupid. <laughs> 
Kids are stupid. Adults are stupid. We are stupid. Okay? And I'm talking as somebody who is not phobic in any way, shape, or form, is not judgmental in any way, shape, or form, is grown up in the gay community before there was ever a bunch of letters attached to it, who has, you know, one of my best friends I found out last year had to close, you know, his drag show, um, you know, I and my mom is married to my mom now, and my dad is married to my dad, who used to be a mom, and so it's like, so nothing there, but I just want to say, we're stupid. Kids are stupid. Mm-hmm. We're as stupid as adults, but kids are especially stupid. And this goes back to me to the parents wanting to be friends BS, right? That's what this is. Like, oh, I don't want to tell my kids. No, this is a stupid idea, right? <laughs> You're stupid. We don't want to tell our kids they're stupid because, oh my gosh. And like down to like when I go to the school and I said, yep, I bet my daughter's lying. That's refreshing to them because I'm not... Oh, my daughter is a perfect little angel. It's like, no, no, my daughter's stupid. You know how I know? Because I was stupid. And I'm still stupid. I'm just trying to be a little less stupid than I was yesterday. And I've had this many years to be this less stupid. And yeah, it's a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. There is no no taking hormone therapy. And then, you know, because you're talking about some fundamental differences. Men, boys... Our bone density is different, especially when we go into puberty. And when you're using puberty blockers and they're using these hormone blockers at puberty and prepubescent, you're going to mess up their, their way their body develops. Mm-hmm. If, if you're an adult, do whatever. Yeah. As, lo- if, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. We have a motto that we live by. Hedona non victa. Latin for do whatever you want. Enjoy life to the absolute fullest as long as you don't make victims of other people in the process. But you as a parent are making a victim of your child. Mm-hmm. And they are going, no matter what, look, there is no way around this. You need to understand this. You need to hear this. Please hear this. Please know that I have nothing in me but absolute love when I'm saying this. Your child is not your friend. Your job as a parent is to protect your child from making stupid decisions. You child-proofed your home, hopefully, when your child was a baby because you didn't go, let him drink bleach. He'll figure it out, right? (laughs) Let's let her touch that hot burner. Oh, Timmy wants to stick that fork in in the socket? Yeah, go ahead. No, we say that, but we never, if we're good parents, we never really let our kids do those things. Mm -hmm. We protected them from that. We protected them from the van that said free candy. That's our job as parents. And your job as parents is to make sure that any stupid decision that your kids make is to make sure that it's not permanent. It's not something that's going to end up being a resentment, being damaged. And we're, we're seeing more and more people who have gone through transitioning, who have gone through surgeries, even as adults. And then they transition and realize, nope, I'm still just as depressed I still feel just as out of source. I still feel just as as much that I don't fit in. And now pieces of me are missing. Mm-hmm. And I can't take them back. And it's like, and the cost to take it back is so prohibitive. And it's why in the community, there's so high of a suicide rate. Now you want to enable your children 
to yeah, do this? You're exposing them to things that they don't even understand right. fully. It's literally, you're, it's your job as a parent to go, listen, I understand that things are confusing and growing up is such a hard thing as it is. Don't add another layer to right. it by completely changing the way that your life is going to play out for the next forever. Yeah. Like they don't get it. It is your job to explain it and do nothing but bring love to the table and by that meaning that hey i understand and i support you wanting to dress like the opposite gender or wanting to be no gender or several genders or anything like that and being able to go listen i understand what you're saying however let's sit down and have a talk about why this isn't the way to go about Mm -hmm. it and why you should just wait you may seem super super serious right now but there are so many times where people change their mind and then bring up you know little little crazy things oh your favorite food was this two weeks ago but now it's not because Mm -hmm. that's how frequently your mind changes those are the conversations and your hormones and your body's needs and your development it's like yeah, it's it's. I mean, just as females alone, you <sighs> are your your mind is changing on a weekly basis because one week you're having PMS, one week you're on your period, and one week you're having you know post period things, and then one week you're normal. And even mm-hmm. then, you're only normal if you're not having other issues outside of that. So it, it, if, your mind... If the culmination of those <laughs> other three weeks didn't screw your one yeah, week of you're supposed to be normal. Exactly. Yeah, I know. So... I'm outnumbered by all of you. <laughs> so it's it literally. It, it just, it's such a bad thing yep. to do something like that. So, yeah. you know, call no, I, me whatever I, you want to call me, but I am not. I don't, I don't care. And I'll say this very clearly. I think anybody who's thinking about transitioning, anybody, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're over your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. I don't care. I think anybody who is considering transitioning should go talk to a psychologist should literally sit down and have a good couple of months of, of conversations. And don't find a psychologist who's just going to agree with you. Don't find yeah. somebody who's just going That's to... That's cheating. Huh? That's cheating. Yeah, no, don't find somebody who's going to sit there and say, well, yeah, you know, I transitioned. No, don't, don't. Find somebody... I did it in school growing up with all of my views, right? I mean, I am not a Christian. I do not believe in the boogeyman. I am not any of those people, but I studied and I, and I respect people's belief for that. And I respect it. And everything in me wants to believe in that, but I don't end of the day. But at the same time, I meet with people on a regular basis who do and have very strong, deep conversations. We're not insulting, which is nice and refreshing, but we sit there and say, Hey, let me tell you why you shouldn't. Let me tell you why you should think this way. Let me, and it's like me and my friend Andy, um, or even Ray, or just any of my friends that I talk to on a regular basis. You know, they're always like, "Oh, hey, no, there's this and this and this," and it's like, "Okay," and we'll have long, long conversations because you're talking about a life change, and it's your kids, and at the end of the day, your kids, you, me, all of us, we're stupid. We do all kinds of things because we're stupid. The smartest thing that you can do is just slow down. Say, hey, your brain's not developed yet. Take your time to think about it. Could you imagine if people did other things that weren't as permanent as quickly as some people decide, oh, I'm going to start doing hormone therapy. I'm going to start doing treatment. Now, there's people who go through their adult life and they think about it and they think about it a lot, right? Could you imagine if I just sat there and we walked up and looked at the first house we went to? Like, Okay, this one, you know, not walked in or anything else. That's just a house. 
that's that's not me going slice and dice. That's not me chemically changing my body. You know, that's that's a house. And some people spend more time picking out a home than they do. Oh, hey, let me let me go ahead and tell my my son it's okay if he wants to become my daughter. Stop. They're stupid. They are stupid. And your job as a parent is to make sure that their stupid doesn't come with permanent consequences. That one is our first one. A second one. Oh God! You said we is, have four of these. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so, but this one is is just as controversial, but it's pretty short and to the point. And it's that age of consent is a stupid and a logical concept. This is why I think that because being and I'm talking specifically United States eighteen being the age of consent. It's, you know the difference between being a minor and an adult. I think it's stupid. Why is 18 the magic number? What makes 18 oh, suddenly okay? Because we can't drink until we're 21. Why, why are we just suddenly... Just, 18 is just okay. We're an adult. We can make decisions for ourselves. And we're expected to do a whole lot more than we were the, you know, the year before that. And a lot can happen in a year. I get that. A lot can happen from the time... You know, at 18, you're definitely not how you were when you're 13. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you're any better. At 18, a lot of people still don't know what they're doing with their lives. They don't know how to do anything. And the few people that do are the exceptions that they probably knew what they were doing by the time they were 16. And so it's just, it's a generalization for people when everybody is different. Your brains don't stop developing. We were just talking about that. Your brains don't stop developing until after 21. And so. Yeah, so why is it that 18 is when we're suddenly able to make decisions for ourselves if our brain isn't even done developing? And it's one of those things, it's it's such a weird conversation topic because then, you know, the questions get posed. Okay, well, should we not be able to drink? Should we not be able to vote? Should we not be able to do all these things until our brains are done developing? But, I mean, it is a very good conversation to have because it's very confusing because... We're able to drink, we're able to vote, we're able to do all this stuff, but we can't rent a car. And that doesn't make any sense because why can't we? Oh, because, you know, car crash rates and all that. Okay, so if we're more likely to get into a car crash when we're younger, why are we allowed to make decisions about the country when we're younger? Mm-hmm. If we're more likely to get into a car crash when we're younger, why are we allowed to have alcohol to exacerbate the problem? There's so many problems about it. And then having this this magic number that everybody just kind of went okay and then it makes every little thing that has to do with it such a hardcore topic people can be in a relationship from you know like you know sitting there being a freshman and a junior that end up in a relationship when they're a freshman and a junior and then they go out of it and even if they break up for a short amount of time they agree to oh i'm going off to college or whatever and then they leave and come back for a winter if they do anything that's it it's illegal can't do it oh Mm -hmm. but there's the romeo and juliet law it's still a very thin slippery line because all anybody has to say is oh well i didn't consent to it and that's it right it's illegal and it it, you it's literally become a weapon yeah and we were talking about this yesterday Mm -hmm. when we were talking about if our neighbor right yeah and that's that's exactly it it's like we don't know what the situation is and by the way i looked it up afterwards no we're we're good <laughs> so for those of you who missed yesterday's podcast uh, go back and listen to it literally we talk it's our hypothetical for yesterday um i'm sorry you're not done and i'm or are you oh my good well it just that was basically just it's getting be used as a weapon mm-hmm. because of it anybody that i i don't like the idea of people telling their 
15, 16, 17 year old kids that they don't know what they're doing, but mm-hmm. then also turn around and a year later be like, oh, well, you're an adult now. You got to figure it out. Because at 15, 16, 17, when it comes to relationships and sex, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what you're attempting. You know what you're wanting. You know what your end goal is. And for the people that don't, that means that they just don't. It, do you think it's going to change when they wake up on their 18th birthday? I go, ah, yes, I know everything about everything. Right. No, they're going to be just as confused. And now they're going to have those decisions to make as an adult. And they're going to make those mistakes as an adult. There's not really a difference besides the fact that your parents backing you or not. And that's literally it. You're technically owned by your parents. You're your parents' property until you're 18 years old. And the only way that you can change that is, what is that? It's, it's emancipation. Yeah, you get emancipated. And that's it. That's that's it. That's the only way. And even then, like, why is, you know, people that are allowed to do that, they have to prove that they can do all the things that they need to do before they can get emancipated. Mm-hmm. So why do we just go, oh, you're 18. You don't have to prove shit. You just go out there and be an adult in the world. You don't have a choice. You don't have an option. And you just have to go out there and do things. But for people that are 15, 16, 17, think that they know what they're doing. And a lot of them do. If they are, you know, people that have a more advanced way of thinking or they just know they just understand the world in a way better than their peers or anything like that they can't go like because i know for me personally when i was 17 when i was 16 17 i hated everybody that i was around because nobody understood the things that i understood i had such a broad view on the world and life and the things i wanted to do and nobody else understood that everybody else would sit by me and be so absorbed in the little things and i hated that and so i was seeking people that were older than me to talk to and hang out with and have a relationship with and if they got caught they would get in trouble but i was the one going and pursuing those relationships i was the one wanting to talk to people that were older than me because people my age didn't understand and so that's what i don't like is that it can it's automatically turns anybody on the other side well they should know better it's not true Mm -hmm. why should they know better if the person that's younger is the one that's making the decision and they're just sitting there because it doesn't even matter if they make a move or not they can just exist and if that person decides that the younger person decides oh they're going to send them news or oh they're going to have you know send spicy messages or anything like that a parent sees that and it's it's the older person's fault it's they should have known better they should have blocked them they should they should always have done better and there's never a thing that they could have been doing absolutely nothing it wasn't their fault your child needs to be put in place or anything like that it's it's always the other person's fault but as soon as you turn 18 if you're 18 you go after 56 70 whatever your old person oh well you're 18 you should have known better why is 18 automatically just changed the way that everybody views how you act you're not even done developing you don't know what you're doing half the time and half the time you do. Some people exist in a world where they, you know, already know what they're doing in life. They have a plan set and they're way more advanced than they're thinking. And some people are still acting like they're 15 when they're 18. A lot of 18 year olds are stupid, but we still let them do things that they want to do. People turn 21 and get blackout drunk, but we all think that's okay because it's just been so normalized that 21, mm-hmm. you're allowed to be stupid because, oh, you're 21. You only live once. You're so young, but this doesn't make it a good thing. And so there's, I think just age of consent, suddenly being an adult when you turn 18, it's stupid and it's an illogical concept. It doesn't make any sense. Why? <laughs> so that's well, why unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah. And do you want to know the answer? Sure. The Vietnam War. Literally what? is the Vietnam War. What is War. that? Okay. So, you got to okay. enlighten me on this. <laughs> okay. So Congress, literally during the Vietnam War, there was a huge amount of unrest. And so Congress did what Congress is even trying to do now. And what they did was the voting age actually used to be 21. 
So you weren't considered an adult until you were 21. So you, you couldn't do anything that was adult related until you were 21, right? That was the actual age. It was called the age of majority, okay. meaning the age of you were an adult, right? Because the majority of your life, you're, you're, you're beyond 21 if you live to a normal age. So it's the age of majority. And so Congress during the Vietnam War, there was just a huge amount of unrest like we have right now. We had literally a country that was so divided. And so one party, and I won't say who, I'll let you look it up and anybody else can look it up too. One party realized that they were starting to lose their votes. They were losing their voter base. And so the only way that they could do that, that they could, again, start taking those seats that they were losing because everybody was looking at it and going, wait a second, this is wrong. You know, it was coming out that the war was wrong. The war was a lie. The pretense to the war was a lie. Everything was there. A country was divided. We had people who were like, nope, the war's a good thing. And it was a war we were going to lose. It was a war we could not win because it was a war with people who had nothing to lose. So what did Congress do? In 1971, Congress passed a law that lowered the, the age of majority from 21 to 18 so that 18-year-olds could vote. And that became the age of consent, the age of majority, the age of everything. That so, is so it was dumb. political. It was a hundred percent political. Now, as far as when you know, we talked about stupid being stupid. Mm-hmm. We're stupid, and I and I can go back to that even even for this. We are stupid. I don't think eighteen year olds should vote. I don't. I don't think me at eighteen should have voted. Oh my gosh! I know who I voted for. I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> you know. But I don't think I should have. I look at it now. I don't think somebody's 18 should vote. I don't think that somebody who's 20, 21, 25, I literally can look at people who are older than me and I go, wow, you should not be voting. Exactly. You should make, uh, you're uneducated and stupid because you don't understand this area, you know? And so when it comes to things like that, look, I think that there's like me at 14, I was very sexually awakened. I was very much in touch with what I wanted to do, what I liked doing. Did I make mistakes? I absolutely did. None of them, luckily, gave me a permanent, mm-hmm. um, you know, reminder of my mistakes. No STDs. I don't have anybody pregnant floating around out there or anything like that. And because I did take precautions and I, and I was like, hey, I know the basics. Now let me go out and be stupid. And I went out and I was stupid. I mean, and I was stupid a lot. But... I don't think at 18 I should have been voting. I don't think, you know, and I don't think that in our world that politics should be, you know, involved in it at all, right? Mm -hmm. But I also don't think that things like this should be blanket, right? I mean, seriously, it's when did intellect just take such a back seat? Yeah. Because there are people who shouldn't vote. There, and there are people (laughs) who shouldn't be able to vote about things that have nothing to do with them. Yeah. People like me, me. I've been on welfare. I should not have a say on whether or not my welfare check increases (laughs) because I know what my answer is going to be, right? An economist, somebody who knows the economy should be there. But Congress decided that they needed people to swing over towards their party and knew that people that were of the younger age were more likely to vote with their party. And so they lowered the age. And now Congress, again, wants to lower it even further. But they're not going to lower the age of consent. And right now, in 47 states, the age of consent um, is is 18 and older. There's there's three states 
that you can go to where it's below 18. We're actually in one of them. Um, 17 in Texas. So none of them are like crazy, like, you know, 11 or crap like that. Oh, yeah. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But but at the same time, yeah, there's there. And and this is you want to get into an unpopular opinion. It's the blanket that we put over over people. Look, and I understand that if, it if you makes rape it a kid, I want you in the ground. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I want you in the ground. You make a victim. You rape a woman. I want you in the ground. You rape, you rape a period. Man. You rape somebody. <laughs> I want you in the ground. That's all there is to it. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Stand in front of me. Tell me I can get away with it. I'm gonna be using a shovel. I'm gonna, you, no, I'm not. No I'm gonna go world. rent an auger. There's no world where taking advantage of another human being's physical body is right. okay. That's right. never okay. I don't. Right. I don't care how old you are. That doesn't change it. Rape is still a bad thing, and it sh- all people that do it think about it, want to do it. That's awful, and that's terrible, and you deserve to die. Like mm-hmm. there's no yeah. part of it that makes it okay. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm there because that kind of punishment works. You know, it's like, oh, well, people who are murderers, you know, there's still people on death row. Murder doesn't stop people. It's a lot lower than it used to be. Shut up. You're stupid. (laughs) You know, but you're talking about, and and here, here's, you want the unpopular opinion in this? There should be different levels. We have one registered sex offender database. If you, and I know, because we all know, if we go look, I think it was in Oregon or Washington, it was one of the stories. Guy goes to call is going to college. His girlfriend's still in high school. There's one year separating them, and because the parents decided they were gonna do oh, it, yeah, 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 called rape, and he lost his scholarship. He yeah. lost his everything because there was a one year difference. So that tells you that it's way too finite. Yeah, it's way too set up. It's way too garbage. If I was the judge sitting in that case, I wouldn't be sitting in that case. Because I would have sat there and went, wait, so you two have been dating since he was 15 and you were 14? Yes. And now he just turned 18, well, 19 at the time they they actually went to trial, and she just turned 18, but she was 17 when he was eight. Yes. Go home. Yeah, and that's why the whole, you know, the Romeo and Juliet law, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Because if the parents still decide, because you're a minor and you're their property and And you have no say, it doesn't matter if you love them, you're too stupid to know. Like, that's how how that feels. Yeah. And like, yeah, I... I'm an adult now, but I definitely remember being 16 and 17 and being like, what do you, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm doing. And just because you don't like it, because you mm-hmm. couldn't, because you didn't get the opportunity, because you were told that it was awful, whatever it is that you have some kind of resentment for it, right. passing it down onto your children. That's No, that's not the way to go. Yeah. I, I never understood that. Uh, now I am an adult and I am taking care of children and I still look at that the same way. Mm-hmm. That, oh yeah, you're going to make stupid decisions. I'm going to be right there making sure that that stupid decision isn't going to hurt you. But you're no, going to exactly. make yeah you're going to make stupid decisions i'm going to be behind you and i'm not going to fault you for you know doing something that's you know if you if you're going into it with the knowledge that this is a stupid decision you still do it well then yeah that's your fault <laughs> but i'm yeah. still going to be there like the point of being a parent is to be there when they make the mistakes and to try to prevent them the best you can, but they're still and going there it to is. do it. It's the preventive. And if you're saying no, then you end the conversation and you can't do it that way. And like, that's the one benefit, like I, I'll say to, to my parents and give them the credit all day, is that never ended the conversation. If you say, you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to have sex, you're not supposed to smoke drugs, end of story. No, 
That's why that ends the conversation, right? Because there's nothing else to it where, Hey, you know what? Rather you didn't, here's all the things that could go wrong if you do. Mm -hmm. And you know what? But if you're going to do this, I need you to watch out for this type of person. This type of person is a groomer. This type of person is a pedophile. And there's, and it's still different. This is a 65 year old guy, three doors down who you meet at the grocery store who asks you how old you are. And when you tell him that you're 20 and he says, Oh, well you look like you're 14 and then starts picking up on you. Hi, that's a red flag. Yeah. Not saying that's yeah, well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But that's a red flag right there. And and that is the education that stops when you tell people yeah. it's a no. Because you have to answer the why. The why is it's a big mm-hmm. question. And like I like I said, fear mongering is not the way to go either. No. Because if you put so much, you should be afraid of this down your child's throat. Then eventually they just, they just go numb to it, and they're You're like, gonna okay, get chlamydia. yeah, it, it's You're gonna just, get herpes. Yeah, if you keep saying all the things, you go, hey, listen. This is what an STD is. This is what it can do to you. This is mm-hmm. the long-term damage. It's not a joke. Once you have, that's it. It's over. Google then it's like, oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. I don't want that. And you're right. like, yeah, so make sure you're safe. And then it's proven to work perfectly fine mm-hmm. because that's what my parents did. Is, you know, I would prefer it if you didn't have sex yet because you, I still feel like you're too young. But you're going to do what you're going to do. So here's the things that you should do to make sure that it's safe. And Don't see- trust a guy 100% ever because at any point, if you're not paying attention, you could be be the one to end up pregnant and what's going to happen to them most likely nothing because what are they going to do you guys are still minors like all mm-hmm. the things that they had to inform me and of and i was very safe with everything all the time i asked so many questions i made sure like the only thing that i didn't do that you did do was the the std testing regularly oh, yeah. but i didn't have enough well, of anything to but worry in Vallejo, about it. the clinic literally it was it was 10 bucks for the test and we could yeah. go down there and we would get a uh, and it was hilarious. We all used to joke around, and we would call it the shoddy fody. And it was literally the bo- uh, the paper bags that you get a forty ouncer in, so you could hide your your big drink, your beer, your beer. Forty ouncer was a beer. You get a forty ounce of beer, and people would, you know, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't drink we, beer. It was I don't the know same these size bag that they used to give us filled with condoms. Oh. They would give us that bag. What? And it was half filled. <laughs> yeah. We well, I know what 40 ounces looks like. That's 20, like. Yeah. So 20 to 30. I literally, I counted. It depended because it was just they grab a handful, right? They say you walk wow. in and it's like, grab a handful of condoms. Um, they were, for us, they were all lifestyle and they were all colored, right? So, <laughs> and I'm not kidding when I tell you that, you know, other guys at schools, we were trading colors because like oh I liked... I like Well, blue. I mean, you, if it's that much of a part of your life, you, you know get what? desensitized to, oh, man, a condom. You can't let somebody see it. Like, right. why? <laughs> no, and it was it was the same thing like <clears throat> when we were in, 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 in junior high school and somebody was sitting there saying, oh, Joey's going to go home. He's going to masturbate. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> like, and he's like, well, I don't have to masturbate. And I'm like, neither do I. It feels good. And then everybody else was, after laughing and everything else, like, you know, when somebody farts or talks about a fart joke, we all had a conversation. And that was the thing. And it was like, with my parents, I could ask them anything. I could tell them anything. Um, And they're just like, oh, okay, what do you want to know about? And because it was a normal part of it. And with with my daughters. an open book. Huh? I said being an open book. Yeah. And with, with my daughters, it's been the same thing. I have one daughter that has zero interest in anything hormone related. Mm-hmm. And I have another daughter who I swear to God, somebody took her hormone, threw it 
into a washing machine on spin cycle and poured a bottle of hormone in there. <laughs> and it's like, <sighs> every day there's a conversation, but there's a conversation that's mm-hmm. going on. And when people tell people no, they end the conversation. And I would argue, no, I'm, I'm not even argue. I'm going to state this, that if you are telling your kids no and not having it as a regular part of a conversation as much as, you know, what show you were just watching on, on TV or whatever, then you are setting your kid up for a predator. A yep. predator is going to be like, oh, that kid's naive. Oh, that kid's homeschooled. Oh, that kid's socially deprived. Oh, that and literally work their way in. So, okay. Well, we're we're we still got two to go. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we man. are Do running we have time for time. Um, so this this third one is uh this one uh, this one should be shorter, but I know you're gonna have an opinion on it because it's gonna relate to you. This is people should be able to complain about the homeless without being criticized. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I 100% agree because I feel like no matter what, a lot of the times I don't understand feeling bad because 90% of the people that are homeless are not homeless because of some crazy freak accident and things went wrong and they lost their home and didn't have any family. And all. 90% of the time it's because of drugs. 90% of the time it's because they gambled their money away. Now it's, it's 90% of the time it's something that they did that they could have prevented, that they could mm-hmm. have had 17 different chances to have their way out of it and still chose the same path that they were going down, and now they're stuck. And even then, they're never stuck, but they continue to have a bad streak because they keep making the poor decisions, and that's where they end up. So I feel like being able to complain about them and complain about the quality of life that they're destroying being around or hanging around and begging for money and things like that. Yeah. It's not a great site. And I understand that people want to be nice and be, you know, empathetic and have that heart for people that are just struggling because I do, but I always want to know the story because it's the same reason that I would rather buy a homeless person food than give them $5 Mm -hmm. because if you buy them a meal, and give them a sandwich or something that's healthy because it's the same thing. Or I'm never going to go and like purchase some McDonald's and give it to a homeless person. If I see right. somebody outside of on a corner or something and I'm going to the grocery store, I will buy them something like a sandwich or a rotisserie chicken or something that's there that's actually going to be beneficial and not give them something that's just going to make things worse or make them, you know, hurt or anything like that because it's it's a part of you know, half the time it is a scheme and a scam and people do, we literally have somebody in our town Mm -hmm. that chooses to stay homeless because she likes the attention that she gets and enjoys, you know, she's, she's a druggie and she Mm -hmm. enjoys getting the money for it. And so she literally will turn down you giving her food. I found out she's only 44. Wow. She looks so much older than 44. She looks 60, 70 years old. I found out she was 44. I was like, what? So, yeah, no, at the end of the day, that's, yeah, it's, it is a very unpopular opinion because mm-hmm. a lot of people want to be empathetic and feel bad. And that's literally the point. Like, that's literally what they're doing when they're out begging for things. They're, it's, it's not because, like, if you're not, if they're not begging for food mm-hmm. and accepting food from people, people that are truly homeless will tell you no. Yeah. They won't beg. They yeah. won't go and do, because they're trying to figure out their way out of it. I didn't. People that are begging for things gave up. And it doesn't matter what you do for them because it's not going to change that they became comfortable in the life that they were living and they are finding a way to continue to be comfortable in that way of living. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'll, I'll say it straight out. And as, you know, listeners know, I was homeless. And I, as somebody who's been homeless, can say really simply, and, and I'm going to just give another unpopular opinion that's in this, 
Fuck empathy. I am sick of, oh my God, empathy. No, empathy doesn't rule the world. It you doesn't. Can, you can be empathetic. You can feel bad. I feel, when I see somebody who's homeless, I, me personally, I don't have, I don't feel bad. I don't because I was homeless. I was homeless sleeping, you know, behind a library in the bushes so that I could avoid the sprinkler. I didn't eat for 35 days. I pulled myself up. I worked a minimum wage job. I got to sleep in the back of the truck, um, you know, for almost three weeks while I was working there. So I still was homeless even after I had a job. And it was like, and I pulled myself out of it. And what do, what do I see? I've seen it all over the place. We see it everywhere. Most homeless people don't need to be homeless. There are one of two reasons that they're homeless, right? And I feel for one of them. They're homeless because they have mental issues. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to be locked up and they don't want to be committed. And we don't have the infrastructure to be able to help those people. Those people I feel for. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then we have this jackass that I literally mean mug so many times that he just like looks at me, waves, and that's the end of it. Now we have this respect where it's like he waves at me and we just go on. Because he's, he's homeless by choice. Oh, yeah. He there, goes there's out. There's too many people that have heard him on the phone. Yep. He has a phone. There are too many people that have heard him on the phone bragging to his friends mm-hmm. and going, oh, man, you should have seen how many, you know, what I got today. And like he literally, it's, it's literally a scheme. He yep. is doing it purposely. Yep. And yeah, he is homeless, but he basically lives in one of the motels down the street because he's making tenfold of what it costs to live there monthly mm-hmm. and just having a good old time. Yeah, and he decides which hotel he stays at, uh-huh. too. I happen to know he goes across the street to the nicer hotel when he decides to. Mm-hmm. But he gets enough money that he buys his drugs, buys his alcohol, and, and just goes. And even says it, I just need enough money for a hotel. No, you Every don't. Every single sign, that's huh? what his hotel says. Yeah. Or is, it, that's what his sign says. Yep. And and our real estate agent that I was talking about before, she called me up and she was trying to give me his his newest sob story. And I was just like, hun, that's bullshit. That's complete BS. He's a liar. He has scammed kids. Mm-hmm. Kids feel for it because we teach them empathy and to have good hearts. And ran out and gave 20 bucks that was his money. And literally this kid had worked hard for that money and gave them that money. And it's like, and I, and I sit and I'll, and I'll tell you, I, there was a story and I read it and I, and I hold to this and it was, and I'll try to be quick on it. So it was a guy talking to a little girl and little girl. And he's saying, Hey, you know, if you could do anything in the world, what would you want to do? And she said, I would love to eliminate the homeless problem. And he goes, well, you can start now. She goes, what? And she goes, he goes, you know, why don't you come over to my house and you can mow my lawn and I'll give you $20 and you can take that $20 and go give it to that homeless people, that homeless person, and you can go out and work and you can get that big and give all that money to the homeless people. And then those home, those people could come over and they'll have money and you'll, t- you'll help, help out yourself. And she goes, well, why wouldn't I just have the homeless people come over to your house and mow your lawn and do all of that for you? And he goes, when you can understand that, you can understand why most people are homeless. And most people are homeless because they choose to stay homeless, because they want to be able to smoke drugs, because they want to be able to drink, because they don't want to have responsibility. They don't want to pull themselves up. They don't want to use the discipline that it was because mommy and daddy were their friends and buddies until they were 18 years old and kicked them out on the street and then wanted nothing more to do with them. And then from there, they were on their own. And some of us, we sat there and looked at it and after 35 days went, oh, hell no. I spent 35 days 
wallowing and feeling bad and pitiful for myself. I didn't do any drugs. I didn't smoke anything, but I was around everybody that was doing it. It's there. It's pervasive. It's everywhere. And it's like, and I went, no, hell no. And it's like, and this, the lady you're talking about, we know for a fact she has a house. Yeah. She literally has a home. Yeah. And she chooses to get her little baby stroller and take some things, some choice items from her house because they change and they're hers. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives her those things. Mm-hmm. And then she walks her little butt outside and just chills, makes a full round of the city. Yep. And just literally, she just does whatever she wants to do. She takes naps out on the street and she just sits there and then people feel bad when they're driving through town or they're new and they just see her because yeah, she looks weak her and frail. Yeah. A new baby buggy. They, she looks weak and frail and, you know, like everything is so bad, but... No, it is literally her, her family has posted to Facebook in our little, you know, town group mm-hmm. and it's been like, Hey, stop giving her things. She has a home. Um, yep. we literally, we, we've tried to get her to move in with us. We tried to get her to move into her house. We try to get her into long-term care. We try to do everything and yep. she refuses. She always finds a way out. She always gets out. She always runs away. There's nothing we can do about it. And we've seen her in Walmart. We've yep. seen her at the stores. She's lit. She has money. Oh yeah. She'd be Let's filling go. a car. She, she had has a, a house. It, that woman just, had a yeah. knock of money. That was it was sitting there. So so yeah. Uh, and if you if you ever feel the need, sorry about that. But if you ever feel the need to like, oh man, no, you don't understand. Just go to YouTube, type in "fake homeless person caught." Enjoy the thousands of videos that will absolutely smash whatever you know delusion that you have. I'm sorry, ninety percent of it is bs mm-hmm. okay, okay and then the last one, one more um is mm. mental health talk is becoming an excuse for laziness shitty behavior and bad habits mm-hmm. so oh. i Sorry, you go first <laughs> i am very strongly like i feel so strongly about this because i was diagnosed with depression by a therapist and have it and, and anxiety by a therapist a licensed therapist i went to it because I was having debilitating anxiety attacks where I was leaving school and couldn't finish gymnastic pra- gymnastics practice and couldn't I couldn't function as a human being. I had to sit and exist in my room and do nothing but lay in bed and not eat and I was literally like starving myself out of fear and like all these things that were going on. I have a very very bad depression and anxiety, and as a person that has depression and anxiety and can recognize because my mom had it and my sibling had it. And there was, you know, there's a lot of people that I've met that have had it. And it's very obvious what it looks like. And it's very obvious how it affects people. And I've met people in the entire spectrum of it all. And I've met people that have had worse things and mental health problems and people that have had lighter mental health problems and people that have had, I've literally know people that have been admitted into mental hospitals because of it and people that have tried to take their life and all these things. I have met all of these people and I've talked to all these people and I don't like light conversation. If you know me, I know that you know that I can't just sit there and, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Okay, cool. Like, that's not how I talk. I want to know what's bothering you. I want to know how your day was doing, was going. I want to know how you're, you know, the, the deepest parts of you. I want to know everything. So everybody that I've met like that knows that I know a lot of their deeper, darker secrets. And so I know what it looks like. And I know that it's different for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But there are still a lot of signs that are very similar. And I am getting extremely tired of 
because the, the truth the truth of the matter is right now the thing that's been bugging me the most is adhd talk mm-hmm. the truth is everyone is a little adhd i don't care if that statement is triggering it it's stupid mm-hmm. the signs of adhd are things that every normal person does it's the fact that if you have eight nine ten of them and they're debilitating yes you have adhd and it can be severe and it could be not it could be debilitating it can be not but there are people that legitimately just can't focus doesn't mean they have adhd there are Mm -hmm. people that need to tap their foot all the time doesn't mean they have adhd there are some people that you know fidget toys are a great wonder sent from the gods it doesn't mean they have adhd like you see me i can't do one thing at a time yeah like just so you guys know during the entire podcast i'm looking outside like, yeah. I'm watching cars and traffic and patterns and all people. And that's just the way I am. But so, yeah. No, so, I, and I keep seeing TikToks and, you know, just videos and, mm. you know, oh, where you have whole, you know, YouTube channels dedicated to it. And people that have completely, you know, completely changed their content because that's what's become trendy. It's become trendy Mm -hmm. to be mentally ill because Mm -hmm. if you don't have anything wrong with you then that's a red flag because what you there's got to be something you have to have something wrong with you whether it's Tourette's or whether it's ADHD or whether it's depression or anxiety or anything that's been trendy it's always something that you have to have something wrong with you or else you're not entertaining enough and thus you can't get along with somebody Mm -hmm. and I hate it because it's literally turned into an excuse oh man, I can't go and be an adult because I have social anxiety. Okay, well, I have social anxiety too and I still deal with it and work Mm -hmm. past it. And if you need a therapist to be able to work past it, then you need a therapist. Well, therapy isn't always... Okay, but there's still a lot of research that you can do. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, now it's laziness. Mm -hmm. Oh, but it's social anxiety. No, it's laziness. You don't want to deal with the work and trying to work past your issues. It's something that you have to work past. You have to be a normal human being. And yes, a normal human being is somebody that can get their butt up in the morning, get dressed, go to work, run their errands, whatever it is they need to get done in a day, pay their taxes, and exist as a normal human being. Everyone has to do it. Eliminating all the things that make people exist in our world is not going to solve people having mental health issues. It's not going to make it better. Taking away... Like, and I, I understand like certain studies that say like, you know, what is it? Like Sweden only has four week, uh, four day work weeks. Mm-hmm. And so they have three day weekends mm-hmm. and like that increases their productivity. That's amazing. I love that for them. However, I don't think that would ever work here no. because I feel like a hundred percent if we did that productivity would go down because I feel like people would just keep looking at a way to push it further and further and further. Well, we're, and we'll, we're an entitled country. Period. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And like. For me, I'm with you 100% because we both know, and anybody who knows me knows, I have anger issues. Yes. <laughs> and I can't use my anger issues as an excuse to go to the grocery store and punt unruly <laughs> children who wandered away from their cart across the fucking store, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have anger issues. And now, oh, hey, you know, he kicked that kid across the store, but it's okay. He has anger issues. Yeah, that's never Here's my be. car. <laughs> you know, no, I have to function as an adult, deal with people every day. And I have to put on a face. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to put on a face. Sometimes I have to walk away. Sometimes I have to smile at somebody inside. I'm visualizing how their head looks when I damage it. Right. But I have to function. Mm-hmm. Depression. Oh, I got depression. I've got it in spades and I get it. And it's like, and I fight through it because I sit and go, no, I don't look for anybody to do anything for me. I'm not looking for anybody to feel sorry for me. I don't 
you know, I'm overweight right now. I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm fixing it. You know, with, with my anger, I realized, wow, I have an anger issues. I found an outlet for it that is arguably was healthy for me, but you know, probably wasn't the best way to do deal with it, but I didn't have the money for a regular therapist and I figured out a way to deal with it. And then when I decided to start taking psychology and start understanding human studies and, and behaviors and look at those, it's like, okay, how do I deal with this? How do I actually deal with this in a healthy way? And turn my anger into different avenues. You know, it's like, and, and yeah, you're right. It's trendy. We know somebody who has Tourette's, mm-hmm. and I'm quoting it, who literally found out, oh, you know what she needed? And you know what most people needed for that? Orange juice. Yeah. Orange juice. Vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Literally was a vitamin C deficiency that was, was causing a problem that was actually exacerbating Tourette's. And it's like, okay. And then she refused yeah. To go through her quote unquote treatment. Why? Because she's got like 4 million people following her on TikTok and she's more trendy and nobody's going to say anything because you're going to get blocked and you're going to get canceled and you're going to have, oh, you, you don't know, understand. You 4 don't know million, how hard it is. you know, yeah. 4 million people minus you who are just, you're not empathetic. You're a heartless. No, I'm not. You are an enabler. And, and I just want to turn that around so bad to sit there and say, you know, you're not empathetic. No, you're an enabler. You know what? If you're giving, and, and I'll say it, if you're out there giving homeless people money, you're enabling them. Mm-hmm. If you are sitting here and you have somebody who is on TikTok and you're, yeah, you know what? You're okay. And 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 you're not telling them to go for treatment. They don't, they, a personal wellness day and all this other crap that yeah. they have to do. And they're doing those every day. That's not a personal wellness day. That's lazy. Yeah. You know, you have to function. You have to learn to function. And it's like, people like this person we're talking about their parents are just enablers that's all they are yeah because it's like oh look at my daughter she's so special she does this she does that no no yeah it's like what i what i said before is like when i would stay home from school Mm -hmm. i would stay home from school to catch up on all the things that i was behind on and get you know things were piling up and i needed that extra time to just catch up that's what i consider a mental health day Mm -hmm. if i'm staying home because i don't feel good and i could go to school but i don't want to and i'm gonna stay home and lay in bed and watch youtube or anything like that that's a lazy day yep am i going to do face masks and you know get my nails done and make sure that i do a hair mask that is a lazy day Mm -hmm. there's nothing about that that is mental health related yeah Yeah, sure it's relaxing but everything that's making you stressed is still going to be there the next day so no it is not a mental health day right that is a break that is a lazy day yep a mental health day is taking your butt and getting all the things that you need to get done done so that everything that's stressing you out can no longer be stressing you out you can be at zero you can and even if you're not bringing it down to zero you can lessen the stress on yourself lessen the weight that's on your back that's a mental health day that is what's taking care of yourself completely ignoring the tasks that you have at hand that is not like that's not catering to your mental health that is making it worse yeah if sitting you're and playing your things, video games jumping yeah. on your xbox and sitting there and going oh i'm having a mental health day while your clothes are sitting there stinking up your apartment in the background is not a mental health day that is just you finding an excuse to be lazy mm-hmm. and it's like there and you know what it's okay that's an unpopular opinion and that's what an unpopular opinion is supposed to be and on that squeak 
We're going to go ahead and end things. So thank you so much for joining us on SPO, the stupid podcast on everything. I've been Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we want you guys to have a great day, great night, great whatever the heck you're listening to us on. And whatever you do, don't look in that closet. Peace out with your peace out.